This is The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington. Featuring Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson. And now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. Welcome back to the rundown here on the Runner Wad website, www.therunnerwad.com. Keenan Gray here from the Runner Washington and all three of us are back this week. It was just me and Kyle last episode, but now we got Alex McIntyre back. So once again, Keenan Gray, Alex McIntyre, and Kyle Paulson, as always, here on your favorite podcast to talk about high school cross country and track field here in the state of Washington. Folks, we got week one over with, and it was a good week. We'll talk about that a little bit. Give a little recap on a couple, or I should say three races that went down and of uh, one race in particular that we all looked forward to was on the girls' side, and that was Clahoya's Alyssa Becker versus Poor Angelus's Lauren Larson. Although, actually, I got corrected. I guess it's pronounced Clahoya, but I'm pretty sure I looked it up the other day and it said Clahoya as the pronunciation. So, I guess there's two ways to pronounce that high school, if anybody was curious out there. I don't know if you guys were, but that's what I did my research in about that this weekend. Anyways, long story short, We'll talk about that matchup and how it was. It lived up to the hype. Uh, both ladies ran very good times. We'll also talk about Cahoya versus the Port Angeles boys and how that was probably the closest uh, team score. Also, alumni spotlight. We had more alumni perform really well this last weekend. We'll spotlight them, talk about them a little bit. More girls' rankings, 11 through 20. We'll dial that down, see what's in there, talk about them. If you haven't read it yet or have seen the video, go to the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or the Runner Wall website page and check that out. And lastly, we will preview week two, what should be a very exciting week of cross country as there is a lot of meets going on this week. But breaking news, within the last hour, we no longer have to wear masks while racing anymore. The WIA just got word from the governor's office that masks can now be taken off once the race immediately begins. Although you would still have to wear the mask during the meet when you're not participating in the race. And guys, that's a big win for all of us. I mean, I don't know what the response was last week with some of the athletes run- racing in some masks and obviously it worked out fine. Nobody had maybe complaints about it, but I know a lot of coaches and athletes and parents were concerned about it in the first place, but now we know that masks aren't mandated in races. So how happy and how big of a win is this for the cross country family here in Washington? It was a good way to prove that, that our state's willing to listen to our coaches. I think as coaches, we felt um, like it was a little bit of a slap in the face. Like they were trying to make a one size fits all for all sports. I, I know that that's not the intention. I know that um, WIA specifically is working hard. This wasn't a WIA thing. Um, they, they were really fighting for us. So to make this work for cross country and recognizing that it's different, it's outside, they're not as close together. Um, it feels good to be heard as coaches and our athletes were speaking pretty loudly too, that this wasn't something that they were super comfortable with. Um, so it's, it's nice to be heard. And, um, I think we will see faster times too, which is always nice. 
week one was just a test to see how it would work out. Obviously, it didn't do a, ter- a lot of damage to a lot of people, but in the end, uh, the state figured out that it was not necessary to wear a mask. And personally, for me, I- I'm happy about that. I'm happy that the state is listening and that the WIA is having their input put in. Kyle, what are your thoughts on this whole thing and how it's broken down so far? Yeah, I think, like Alex said, it just makes sense. Glad that the WI or health department's listening. I'm kind of curious what the athletes perspective who were able to race last week, what they thought of the masks and going forward, you know, they're going to feel a difference in terms of maybe lung capacity or, or whatnot, but just, you know, it's a no brainer. Glad that they listened to reason. And now we don't have that restriction on us. And just moving forward now, we won't see athletes racing in masks anymore, which that was a pretty interesting sight to see. I had photos submitted to me over Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's just like, I don't know how they could do it and how they could, like, I mean, two miles, like, it's not a very long distance, but to do that with a mask on at your highest capability, your fastest capability, just doesn't seem very comfortable. But hey, they made it work out. So. Yeah, one one other disappointing thing was my plan was to put on a mask and and hop into the JV race. So I'm pretty disappointed now. My plan doesn't doesn't work. So that's a real bummer. I don't remember Isaac Teeples having a mustache. That's the only way it would work for you. You have to have a mask. Yeah, exactly. That's the only way. <laughs> this is your one chance to race against Kyle Paulson if you're down in the Mid Columbia Conference. There is a jamboree going down this week, so perhaps maybe you might get a chance to race against Kamiakin's assistant coach. But I mean, this is a big win for all of us knowing that masks aren't mandated anymore. And I'm sure the athletes and coaches and parents are thrilled to be hearing about this. Now going to our alumni spotlight, some of the athletes that come came from the state of Washington that stood out the most and everyone knows this name. She's very familiar. She's been very successful. She comes from Lake Stevens High School, and that's Oklahoma State's Taylor Rowe, fourth at the Florida State University Winter Cross Country Classic, 2010 for a 6K. 20 minutes and 10 seconds, she finishes fourth overall in that race that featured tons of great athletes over at least on the East Coast and that Midwest area. Uh, Another athlete from Anacortes, High school graduated in 2016. Stella Gilman of Portland University of Portland finished sixth overall at the Oregon Cross Country Open 1702.46 for a 5K, which that was at Lane Community College. And I've heard Lane Community College has a very, very fast course. Like that involves a track, uh, has some hills in it, but is a very fast course. And of course, that is also the state home for the Oregon Cross Country State Championships. Uh, another familiar name, Pullman's Elias Incapacent, who we all know two-time. 2A state champion from now runs for the University of Portland, uh, was 10th overall in his first ever collegiate race, running 2445.6 for an 8K. Not messing around. The, the kid is really good at those long distance races, and we're excited to see what he can do, um, whether it's from the 3,000 or to the 10,000. The, the kid's a special talent, and we're looking forward to what he can do. Down in Lewiston, there was the Idaho Orchards Cross Country Invite hosted by the University of Idaho. Idaho's Malena Thacker, graduate of Rogers Puyallup in 2017. First place overall, 1653.1 for a 5K. And then Eastern Washington University's Carter Ledwith, who is from Lewis and Clark High School here in Spokane, Washington, graduate of 2018, picked up his first collegiate win for an 8K running 2507.2 
of those athletes that I just read off their marks and times, which one stands out to you guys the most? Can't say I'm an expert in, in any of these. I, I, as a high school coach, really have spent a lot of my time focusing, especially right now and on high school athletes. But I think it's a good reminder of how elite Washington athletes are. Like Washington is always on this pedestal every year um, of, of how great their runners are and that they produce. Um, so man, if you're a high school kid listening to this, you know, recognize that you're in a state that produces phenomenal athletes. Um, and it's, it's a good reminder when you see the success of, of these athletes, um, post high school. Well, and I've already mentioned, we got two former multiple time state champions in Taylor Rowe and Elias and Kabasenchi, both very successful athletes in high school. And, and now they're carrying it over to the collegiate ranks and it seems like nothing's changed for them. I mean, Taylor is a big 12, all big 12 runners could potentially be an all American runner this year for NCAA cross country. And then Elias is just starting up his college career down at the university of Portland. So good things so far from our alumni this week and uh, hopefully looking forward to more in the coming future. Also that was the Gonzaga women's season opener down at the Oregon cross country open. So shout out to the ladies eggs for getting after it this week. Kristen Garcia was their number one runner who represents Cedarulli High School, graduated in, I believe, 2018. Yeah, she's a year behind me in, in grades. So, yeah, so it was cool to see the ladies' eggs get after it. And I know the men's eggs, they got their first race at the WCC Championships in the next couple of weeks. Talked to Coach Pat Tyson. He says they're ready to get after it. And there's a lot of former Washington athletes on that team. Can't wait for that. Exactly. I mean, when you're going against BYU in Portland, that, that's some great company you're going against. And it's really good competition, too. It just preps them. And hopefully the Zags can get their first ever NCAA, uh, I was going to say tournament, but meet appearance in school history. So that'd be really cool to see. Top 50 girls cross country rankings. We've already talked about it. We went over 21 through 30. We got 11 through 20 today. We're going to roll right into it. Coming in at number 20, Ella Nelson from Walla Walla High School. Very talented athlete. Just signed with the University of Oregon. Uh, had it dealt with an injury last year. We're going to see what she's able to produce this season. And hopefully she proves us wrong that she's not ranked at number 20. Coming in at 19, Sophia Dahl of Redmond, last year's runner wall Freshman of the year. She is part of what I consider the tricky trio of the Redmond Mustangs. Coming at 18, Emma Arceo of Kamiak. Of course, Kamiak always producing great runners. 17, Olivia Freeman of Bishop Blanchett. She was part of that Blanchett group that just surprised everybody last year at the state meet as they, uh, I believe, finished third overall as a group. Coming at number 16, Jasmine Nguyen of Marysville Getchell. We'll get to know her a little bit more this year. She had, I guess, a big presence going from 27th her sophomore year to winning a district championship her, her junior year. That was a big turnaround for her. And then to get on the podium at the 3A state meet. 15, Chloe Connolly of Redmond, another runner, part of that Redmond trio we're going to talk about quite a bit in this top 20 list. 14, Kate Laurent of Ellensburg, the defending 2A cross-country state champions will be led by her this year as Leah Holmgren is now at the University of Idaho. Maya Nichols of Central Kitsap comes in at 13. She made her racing debut last week and won in the two-mile race. Number 12, the last Redmond girl, Lily Hargraves, who just signed with Seattle University. Number 11, Samantha Williams of Skyview. I'm excited to see what she can do this year. She, she had a big improving, uh, I believe it was a sophomore season, uh, finishing fifth of the 4A state meet. W I guess what my 
having three Redmond girls in that list is pretty incredible. But any of these other ladies that stand out to you the most? I think you've got uh, Ellen Nelson criminally underrated. She, I think she's going to be a top five gal in this state. Um, you know, she's, I don't really know if she's healthy right now, but when she's 100%, and I wouldn't bet against her. So I think she's going to be one of the top in the state. Uh, same with uh, Kate Laurent, somewhere in, I think somewhere in the top eight overall in the state, uh, defending 2A girls state champ from my, one of my favorite places, uh, Ellensburg. It can't, you know, that Ellensburg win is pretty much a hill workout every day. So, you know, she's going to be strong, especially with the uh, spring season, that win gets extra extra heavy over there. So she's doing hill repeats just about every day. I remember running in Ellensburg and doing a loop and the wind blew in my face in every direction. It didn't matter if I was going north, south, east, west, the wind was in my face. It's truly is like hill repeats. Uh, I, I would add that I want to see what our uh, last year's freshman of the year does um, with a, with a season under her belt. Um, it, it is cool to have her, part of that Redmond team, correct? Yeah. Um, so that, that'll be exciting, you know, knowing that iron sharp, iron sharpens iron and um, she's got a really good team to work with. I'm excited to see what she does. I also like that all of these girls are within like 15 seconds of each other. Uh, as far as PRs go, a lot of these PRs are times on a state course. So we know that, you know, on the same day, same condition, same course, they're all going to be right next to each other. So I think we could see a lot of fluctuation within this list. And we all thought with the new course, we all thought it was going to be slower. When we went into the first season, not very many fast times. But a year later, these girls have adapted to it and are running their personal best times on the course. So that, that says a lot either about their training or their coaches are just getting them prepared for, for these races. Bit of both. And I think the first year they had that course, it was a little windy. It wasn't very ideal. I think it had been raining a little bit throughout the week too. So the course was a little, little wet and it was a little bit windy over here in Pasco. And the grass was so long. You remember that Kyle? The grass was so long that year, but they are obviously better as well. <laughs> They've put in some hard work. So I can't downplay that. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about, I mean, I, obviously you mentioned Ellen Nelson. You talked about Sophia Dahl. I want to talk about Samantha Williams and the fact that I believe she was like 90 if something her freshman year. And all of a sudden, she goes and finishes fifth in the 4A state meet the next season. I mean, come on. Talk about that big of improvement. I mean, the first time she broke 19 minutes this season, I think she was like perhaps in the 20-something as a freshman. And all of a sudden, you go and run uh, an 18-29. Wow. She, she is an unbelievable talent, and she has put the work in. Uh, just looking at right here, 98th as a freshman. She runs 20-25 at the state meet and then places fifth the next year in what was really a tough competition when you look at the 4A race with Julia David-Smith, Ella Borsheim, Emily Van Valkenburg. There's a lot of really fast girls in that race. And then goes and runs 18-29, almost a two-minute PR from the, her freshman to sophomore year in Pasco. That's an unbelievable mark that she accomplished. I've also watched Maya Nichols run quite a bit, just being in the same league as her, uh, the, our Central Kitsap runner here. And – that girl, when you watch her race, that is one of the most determined runners I've ever seen. Like, I mean, you can just see it in her eyes that she is out, take down everyone who's in front of her. And it, it's cool. You, you know, you can see that she's really, really driven um, and somebody who 
likes to win. So I, I think she's going to be pretty dang good this year. And the unfortunate thing is the, the girl in front of her at the 3A level is none other than Allie Janky. So that right there, those are two different girls on two different playing levels, but you're right. Maya Nichols is a very, she's a great competitor. And I remember at hole in the wall, she had her signature win in that division two race that put her back on the map for people to start noticing her again. So yeah, I agree. Maya Nichols is, is someone who is a fierce competitor. And, and I, I had, I enjoyed watching her race last year at hole in the wall. All right, moving along. Let's talk about week one a little bit. We had some cross country. We had three races. Let's dive into a couple of the matchups. First, we're going to start off with Cahoya's Alyssa Becker and Port Angeles's Lauren Larson. All three of us were wrong on this pick. We all picked Lauren Larson to win because one, she's the veteran. She's the senior. She's been around the longest. She has the most experience. But can we talk about Alyssa Becker just coming into that race with no fear and just hammering it race? And I think she won by like nine seconds or something like that, 1148.3. But we've already talked about this year. She has improved herself as a runner running 1742 on the track, which converts to like an 1808 any given day. I, I, I think now I would pick Alyssa Becker to keep winning more races from here on out with thoughts about this race individually. That's the, I, that's the, sorry, Kyle, go ahead. I was going to say, I wish I was there to watch the was hopefully an epic duel. You know, I'm sure they were side by side till probably the very end. So, you know, super exciting race. It's, it's the type of race that you, um, you know, you, <clears throat> I, I think I would, I would call her an underdog in this race. You know, her, her opponent was very consistently running in the mid 1830s. Um, and she was not, uh, so to go into that race where, you know, that she's thinking, I'm not scared, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared of you. I'm going to get after this and I'm going to, I'm going to outrun you. And she did on that day, you put the, both of them in a race, you know, 10 times and, and maybe, you know, one runs, one wins five, the other wins five. But um, on that day, she got after it when it mattered. And that's, that's cool to see. And then probably the meat of the week was actually in the same exact race, but on the guy side was the Cahoya boys taking on the poor Angeles boys and Cahoya, one of the more veteran groups in the entire state, I believe was six seniors. That was down to the wire. And actually the finish went down to the wire and it was, it was determined a first place tie between two teammates from the same school, Kelton Gagnon and, Alex Othout, I hope I pronounced those names correctly, um, but that helped them prevail and get a 27 to 29 victory over the Poor Angeles Rough Riders. That was a tight battle right there. And just to start off the cross country season that we haven't had a meet in forever, geez, well, let's make it a two point victory for the Cahoya Eagles, especially over a two way school like Poor Angeles. So to see a team come out like that and put on a great racing performance and that narrow. Alex, your take on this, because I'm sure you've coached many races that have been very, very close. I, I thought that this wasn't going to be as close of a race. I thought that La Jolla with returning um, everybody and running so well last year at the state meet, I, I thought that it was going to be, um, you know, I thought they're probably going to be scoring under under 25 points, um, you know, more like 20, 21 points. So it was, it was cool to be proven wrong and see a really good quality race out of it. Yeah, as far as you know, coaching close races, uh, it it's what makes people want to watch cross country, right? Nobody wants to watch that blowout race. Um, so to to see both teams getting after it, being competitive, not backing down, that's what the sport's all about. So love to see it. And then probably the performance of the week 
with the absence of North Mason's Noah Hasselblad in the Central Kitsap duel, uh, Central Kitsap Daniel Lizon picked up his first ever high school win, running 10:54 for a two-mile race and what looked like very rainy and a very very muddy and hilly course. Uh, picking up your first win at the high school level is always a good feeling. Kyle, speak on that a little bit. When you see that athlete crossing the finish line, knowing they win their first race ever at high school, what does that look on their face look like? Oh, just, you know, hopefully a big old smile. You know, and you put it all out there. And I think the real kind of element is when you take the lead the whole time. And that's once you take the initial step, forward and you know you're ahead of everybody you get this sort of you know, kind of high like oh shoot i'm making a move i better go so I'll, and then he's got that whole rest of the race to enjoy it so you know just absolutely phenomenal feeling i hope he remembers it for the rest of his life and i think he won it almost by a minute and a half like this wasn't just like oh this is a close race nope he dominated from start to finish so it was cool to see someone like uh Daniel Lizon, who doesn't get a lot of his attention as he probably should, but now he might because he's one of the top guys now for Central Kitsap. Congratulations to him and the Central Kitsap Cougars boys for picking up that win as well. But other top performances as well. We talked about the Seton Catholic girls quite a bit before, at least you and I, Kyle, talked about it. Uh, they had four freshmen finish as their top four varsity girls. And they just blew that race away from Fort Vancouver and Cedar Tree Classical. And it was all led by Alexis Leone, pick up her first high school win, running 1057 for a 3,000 meter. The program down at Seton Catholic, they got to be excited about what's to come in the future. Whatever is down in the water in the Vancouver area, it's working for the Seton Catholic Cougars girls cross country program. And then on the guy's side, Cohen Ross, 1004 for his first ever. Uh, high school win again props to him for picking up another high school or his first ever high school win and then talking about two of the top states top runners uh, we already mentioned her central kitsaps maya nichols picking up the win in 1349 for the two mile course against north mason and then riley pyatt one of the top two-way girls in the state she picks up the win for the two mile race against olympic in 1230.2 so that was our week one recap and then we move along we're talking about week two and a lot of cross country to go talk about this week, starting on Wednesday, and it's going from Wednesday to Saturday. We're going to start off with one of the bigger matchups of the day on the girls' side, at least Skyview at Battleground. And we'll get a look at Samantha Williams in her season debut, assuming that it's her season debut, but also perhaps see Phoebe Abruzze, a teammate of hers that was second on Skyview's team last year. Um, us in particular, we're looking forward to seeing the Camus boys get after it, the defending 4A state champions led by Sam Geiger and Evan Jenkins. And that particular race, although I don't think Union's going to be close with Camus, but that one-two between Geiger and Jenkins is going to be a fun one to watch. So I, I think that's going to be a really fun race uh, to watch. But also on the girls' side, a very experienced Camus girls team led by underclassmen of Caitlin Flolo and Gracie Buzzle. Uh, Camus, another great year last year, trophy team, they do lose Hallie Jenkins, but they've had some uh, pretty productive underclassmen do some damage this COVID season, uh, coming away with some 5K PRs with Flolo and Buzzle, I believe, both breaking the 19-minute barrier. 
on Thursday, we'll see Fort Vancouver again, but this time they'll take on Hawkinson and Columbia River. On the guy's side, Columbia River's Daniel Barna fills in that top role for Aiden Rowley graduating. That was a very talented Columbia River team, uh, challenged Seahome and Stillicum last year. And on the girl's side, Hawkinson's Allison Peterson, who just committed to Air Force a couple weeks ago. She makes her season debut. On Friday, Maybe another matchup of the week. Uh, Olympia versus North Thurston. On the guy's side, we'll see Ethan Coleman, one of the more improved runners in our entire state. Uh, just had an incredible offseason, especially uh, running a 5K on the track of 14.43. And then we'll see Samir Ahmed, one of the faster 800-meter runners in the state. That'll be a 3K race. So it's going to be dead even, I think. It's going to be very close with the speed and the strength piece. Um, both are very talented runners, but we'll see who comes out on top in that race. And then on Saturday, we'll see uh, Alex's favorite runner get after it in his season debut. I believe is he making a season debut this week, Mister McIntyre? Weather, um, it, it's depending on the weather. <laughs> we're supposed to get a lot of snow here, so we'll, we're our fingers are crossed. Depending on the weather, well, it's Yelm versus Capital on the guy side. We'll see Gonzaga commit Bryce Serkinick, arguably the ta- most talented three A guy this season. Also in smaller school leagues central 2b league at on alaska 5k we'll see toledo's nicholas marty one of the top runners on the guy's side in 1b2b and then on the girl's side rainier's selena Naomi. in the CWAC league over in eastern washington we'll see ellensburg prosser at east valley in yakima for a 4k race we'll see kate loren and the defending 2a girls state champions uh, make their season debut. Also down in the Yakima area, we'll see Grandview at Sela. Cooper quickly of the Sela boys leads a veteran group after seeing his former teammate, Shay Madison, who was second last year at the 2A boys meet, move on to the University of Idaho. Cooper quickly ran 13.58 for a 4K in week one last week in a time trial. And then probably the biggest meet of them all, um, just because there's nine schools at the meet, but they're not all racing at the same time. So no one do a COVID tattletale, uh, it, but that's the Mid-Columbia Conference Jamboree two-mile race. We'll see two of the state's best and Kamiakin's Isaac Teeples and Grayson Wilcott. And then on the girls' side, Richland's Emma Summers, Natalie Rosalskis, and then Walla Walla L. Nelson. A lot of racing going on this week, but talking to you in particular, Kyle, I know you'll be down at the MCC watching that. Um, what can we expect uh, to see, not just from like Kamiakin, other schools in that area as well yeah it's going to be a little cold so hopefully we'll be able to adapt uh, we may actually just wear masks because it's supposed to be upper mid 20s or low 30s um but yeah just looking forward i'm sure we weren't the only ones who were kind of off guard with the february start time for the season so maybe we won't be as prepared as we would have liked to have been for march startup but i think there'll be some fast times where we're all most of the teams are familiar with the Leslie Groves course. Uh, we have our conference championship there. Um, it usually is a 5K course at the end of every season, but we'll do it a two-mile course. So just a couple loops. It's not crazy fast. A lot of turns, a lot of 90-degree turns, 180s, but it should be good. Really excited to see how they all do. Um, it'll be different. Typically here in the Mid-Columbia Conference where we have our district races, we just race all nine schools in the conference and including Hermiston uh, together though this time now we're all splitting up. We're just doing three teams at a time, which I really enjoy. I, I prefer the smaller 
dual meets or tri meets, what have you, over the big, big races. So this will be really exciting. And I'm, I'm glad they, with the mask mandate, they also stated that Hermiston can join us because before they were a bit in limbo. The state had a rule where you couldn't race out of state and no one else out of state could join you, which include Hermiston, even though they're in our conference. So they just lifted that rule. So glad they'll be able to join us. We won't race against them directly, but they'll be there. There's a lot of individuals that stand out on this, at least this week particular. Um, but on the matchup side, it, it falls on the guy's side. And I'm the one I'm looking at is Ethan Coleman versus Samir. I mean, Alex, you've watched these two race against each other, or at least I've watched them race against at least your guy, Bryce Serkinick. Um, how big of a race is this going to be for Ethan Coleman to start off the season, even though he's made a pretty big statement uh, these last couple of months? Yeah, you kind of have um... – I, well, I, I was going to say speed versus endurance, but these are both speed guys uh, in a 3K race. This this could be interesting. I think that if it was a 5K of Ethan versus Samir, Coleman's a pretty good step ahead. In a 3K, it could play out a little bit differently. Um, I think that Coleman is still um, on paper, you know, based on what we've seen, a, a little bit of a step ahead. Um, but I think Samir's hungry. I think that he's out to prove that I'm a well-rounded distance runner. I'm not just the 800 guy. I know that he works hard. Um, I know that he's really, really talented. And I think he's really underrated um, because at the state level, sometimes it just hasn't really come together. So I think we've got a very talented Coleman versus a very hungry and determined Samir. We'll, we'll see what happens. And then going to the Union Camus race. I mean, yeah, we could talk about Sam Geiger and Evan Jenkins, but I'm looking forward to seeing the Camus girls. Um, the big story this year was if there was a regular state meet was going to be the Camus girls. I believe I had them ranked second in my way too early rankings and Tahoma was number one. So this was going to be their first race to prove what they did over the break, what they were able to accomplish and how they were able to develop themselves as runners. So I think this first race was going to be, is going to be a good indicator of what the Camus girls uh, have what it take to be not just the second best team in the state, but the best team in the entire state of Washington. So that was our uh, week two preview. It was a lot. Uh, there's a lot of races going on this week and weekend. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what goes down, which then leads to our race predictions for this week. We all went two and four, in our first week. So to those that proved us wrong, congratulations. You win the prize of proving us wrong. That's, that's your, that's your medal right there. Um, we've all went two and four last week, uh, but we're going to start off with, and we already talked about it a little bit is the Olympia at North Thurston boys matchup, Ethan Coleman versus Samir. I'm in Kyle. I'm going to start with you. Who are you taking in that matchup for that three K race? I am very ignorant on most things. So, um, People love to say need an eater, pumpkin eater, you were wrong. You know, you could shoot that to my DMs. But uh, I'm going to go with Coleman as my uneducated guess. Kyle, give me, or not Kyle, excuse me. Alex, give me, well, you already give me your analysis, but if you were to pick, who wins this race? Yeah, you know, as a as a coach in the area, I don't I don't like to, to make the picks here. Uh, I just kind of respect things for the boys here. Um but as far as seeing both of these pretty elite runners on the same day at the same course, um, I'm going to say that the athlete who has put in 
the most miles in the last six months wins it. And we'll, we'll know who that is later. I was hoping to get the answer out of you, but you're being a good sport. So <laughs> I know, you know, I, I, I think that um, I like to let the, the boys time speak for themselves. I don't need to do that for them. So they'll, I, I they'll, they'll, they'll show us what's going on here. I respect that, but I'm not as nice as you, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Ethan Coleman. I think what he's done over this last couple of months is just incredible. And I like Samir. Maybe if it was a 16, I might have Samir winning it, but I mean, it is a three K it is a distance event. So I think I'm going to pick Ethan Coleman for this one. Moving to the Camus boys. This is no disrespect to Union at all, but this is going to be between Sam Geiger and Evan Jenkins. Kyle, who do you got in this one? I mean, these two are some of the best in 4A. And hard to say for sure. What's really fun with this whole COVID part is we're not really sure how fit people are. Usually this time of year, we'd have the cross-country season to reflect on what they've done. Uh, But um, I'm going to go with, uh, again, uneducated here, Jenkins. Sounds like a, a fast name. Well, <laughs> help help me out here. Isn't didn't one of these boys like break a shoulder or something like that recently? Didn't that happen in like the last year? Am I thinking wrong? No, here? that was. I think you're thinking of the Jackson boys. Okay, cool. I think you're thinking yep. of the Jackson boys. That's a little more up north rather than down up okay. down. In, I knew in we had Vancouver. a good. I knew we had a good duo on a team, and one of them got hurt. I was thinking it was Candace for some reason. If I haven't heard of it then it's not true. No, I'm kidding. I, will, I will trust you on that, Keenan. <laughs> um, Alex, do you want to make the pick for this one? The athlete who has put in the most miles in the last six months. <laughs> I'll stick to it. All right. That's... I'm sorry. I know that that's, that's not juicy conversation, but uh, that's, that's where I stand. Uh, uh, Kyle, I, I know we talked about this last week, but I'm going to have to go with Evan Jenkins too. Like I just feel like because – what he did last year, and I believe he might have been their number one guy at state last year as a sophomore. Uh, he's got a lot to build man. upon. Now, I'm not saying Sam Geiger is out of it per se. I know Sam is a great competitor, um, but Evan, I don't know. I, I just I think Evan's got this first one. These two are just going to go back and forth each each entire race. So, for the next one, who runs faster at this Mid Columbia Conference Jamboree? either Richland's Emma Summers, Natalie Rosalskis, or Walla Walla's Ella Nelson. Kyle? You know, we've had a small little race here in Pasco not too long ago. Um, I kind of have an uh, inkling towards at least the Richland girls. Uh, Ella Nelson wasn't there, but, uh, you know, I'm going to say what I said before. I think Ella Nelson really underrated in your rankings. So I'm going to go with her having the faster time she runs after the Richland girls. So, you know, if she wants to beat their time, she gets the benefit of a few hours to know what they're, what they ran and gun after it. So if she's healthy, ready to go, you know, I'd go with Nelson, but uh, they're all phenomenal runners. They're going to run super fast. I am so excited to see how they all do this weekend. I'm not even bothered. I'm not bothered going to ask you, Alex, unless you have something to say. Well, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that the athlete who's put in the most miles in the last six months. (laughs) (laughs) I might as well just mute you now because I know that's going to be the answer. That's why I was going to ask you about it. But I think that we should sell the runner T-shirts that has a quote on the back. The runner with the most miles in the last six months shall be victorious. Hashtag the rundown. (laughs) 
That's you not pay- always true, but <laughs> it's not always true. But in a COVID world, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> you paying for it? <laughs> I'm selling it. <laughs> <laughs> now my question. Do you know if Ella Nelson is related to any of the other fast Nelsons from Walla Walla, like uh, Aaron or Rachel? I'm too young to know this, man. I just started covering cross-country track in Washington. I wouldn't know any of this. Somebody who's listening knows the answer and DM the then or Kyle Paulson, whomever. Yeah. Why don't you just ask her coach? I could. Eric Hesaw is a great man. Eric Hesaw is a great man. I only know Lakati. Oh, I was talking about Hesaw. I think I met Hesaw. I've probably seen him at least. I'd recognize him. He's a cool guy. This feels like one of my Zoom classrooms where I'm like, Google it, look it up. 100 points to the first person to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. Uh, Okay, for my pick, uh, Kyle, I hate this, but I'm picking Ellen Nelson too because I I think she's ready for a bounce back year and ready to prove us all wrong and prove me wrong, Um, especially that's the fact that she signed with the University of Oregon. I don't know the last time we had someone that signed with Oregon. Perhaps it was Tanner Anderson, uh, but we haven't had a lot of distance runners sign with that big of a program, at least on the girls' side, in, in the last couple of years. So, Ellen Nelson for for the win on Saturday. And of course, I think the pressure is built on Richland then if they're racing before her. Like, well, she's like, eh, I'll just go in there and see what they do in their first race, and then I'll just try to go beat that in my race. Yeah. I think Jack Urian from Bellman Prep. Runs for Oregon. He signed with Oregon. I think it was after 10. Sorry. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Another matchup. Now we're moving towards the team side is Hawkinson versus Columbia River. Uh, these two, I believe they're pretty big time rivals. Uh, Kyle, who's your pick? I'm not, I did not do my homework well at all. Um, don't really know much about these teams, but I run next to the mighty Columbia River. Just about every day. It's about a mile from my house. Got a nice bike path I'll hit. So, you know, the Columbia River girls, I mean, you can't bet against the Columbia River. When I die, <laughs> throw poor, my ashes in the Columbia oh my, River. Those poor Hawkinson girls are like, wow, he's creating his pick based on geography. <laughs> every I've seen it most days of my life. At least like 90% of the of my life i've looked out my window and made to see the columbia river so <laughs> i think if our, with our race with uh the rainier girls here i'll probably base my pick on the relationship to mount rainier i know I, nothing they're gonna get <laughs> i don't even know like that's another t-shirt right there i'm picking on based off my geographic location that's that's where i'm going with the team <laughs> Rainier will always beat Mount Spokane. Is that how that works? I don't know. <laughs> maybe an elevation, but definitely not. Maybe not in the team perspective. Um, I, I'm actually finally I'm picking someone that's not your pick. I'm going with the Hawkinson girls. I, I think Allison Peterson just carries the Hawks past Columbia River. The Chieftains. Uh, this Hawkinson group is just so much better, I think, than the Columbia River group is. Uh, next matchup, Mount Vernon versus the Anacortes boys. I'll t- say my pick because I I like the Anacortes boys. They're they're a fun team to watch. Um, everyone returns from that group, and they got a great coaching staff over there at, on Fidalgo Island. Kyle, who you got? There's a mountain involved, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at that mountain going, wow, that sounds really good. People are going to hate me because, I, again, I didn't do my homework properly, but uh, I think – 
I know someone with the last name Anna Cortez, so I'm going to go with uh, Anna Cortez. <laughs> there's a, I mean, in Kyle's defense here, there, there's just so many variables right now. It's so hard to make picks before they've raced because you just, you know, I mean, there's kids who aren't showing up to practices because they don't have transportation because we're online, right? They don't have a school bus to get here in the day. So it, it's really hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. And Keenan does a really good job of this because this is what he loves to do, but it's, it's really hard to keep up with. I love to get, do it too. get on my level, man. You, you boys got to get on my level and get my commitment. Not that I'm saying you're not committed to this podcast, but I do put in a lot of research and I do put in some good notes for you guys to at least read off of. So your, our, your t-shirts can say, get on my level. <laughs> yeah. Our last matchup, uh, an, an interesting matchup. I wanted to throw in a, a weird one in there. It's the evergreen versus Kelso girls. Um, I personally know nothing about these teams, um, but the matchup between Beatrice Lagore and Sophia Cheslock, those girls are neck and neck with charges looking at their 2019 times, but I'm leaning towards a very young Kelso girls team. Um, I think it's going to come down to the fourth and fifth runners though, but the Kelso Highlanders take down Evergreen. Yeah, I've got a similar pick. I've got a little different reasoning. There's an Evergreen Community College in the NWAC who they have a cross-country team that struggles in the NWAC. And I've got a buddy who ran for Kelso boys team. So I'm going to go with uh, my buddy Ron Leaf's Kelso team. Ah, oh, Ron Leaf, my hero. <laughs> go, go Highlanders right there. Those were race predictions, even though it was just two of us picking it. I, actually, honestly, Alex, I am expecting a shirt in the next couple of weeks you specifically just making it and you get all three of us one so we can all wear it for the show, even though no one can see it, but we could post a picture of it on Instagram for people to see. I th- yeah. I think it'll just be a picture of my face on the front and on the back. It'll say he who runs the most wins the most or she or she. Absolutely. They what? just say they, they, they who runs the most wins the most. I like Perfect. it. Perfect. Of Washington state. And you just put a mustache on it. Yeah, that what you represent two thirds of the podcast. <laughs> uh, as we conclude our episode today with our nonsense banter, uh, final thoughts as always, Kyle. Uh, first of all, good luck this weekend for both of you guys as coaches. Good luck this weekend, uh, but Kyle, give me your final thoughts from this episode this week. Final thoughts: uh, Don't make picks based off of your geographical uh, knowledge. Um, <laughs> We have to have fun, um, run fast. If you're listening to any racing this weekend or sometime this week, next two weeks, you know, good luck, have fun. Don't take anything we say here too seriously. Uh, just get after it, focus on yourself, focus on your team. I'm really excited to see everyone getting back into racing regularly. So, so glad we get some sort of normalcy. I, I, I feel alive now just talking about racing. So I'm inspired by that. I'm, I'm ready to run through a wall right now just after that speech. Now you know why I'm a good assistant coach. <laughs> Alex? Uh, yeah, I just, I'm just remembering right now, especially in, in six weeks, that these, these times are so fun to talk about. These um, matchups are so fun to debate on. Um, but we got six weeks to have as much fun with this as we possibly can. Um, so just, just keep that in mind, everyone who's listening, the, the, feel that positive pressure, make sure that Washington stays one of those top teams, or I'm sorry, one of those top states in the nation as always. Um, 
but you got six weeks to make as many of these great memories and run as fast as you can. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll see a lot of that happen and we'll, we'll keep having fun talking about it on the podcast. Lots of racing this week. We'll dive into it next episode. Every Tuesday now for the next couple of weeks, we will have, uh, we will record and then post an episode on Wednesday morning. Uh, fellas, we're back to a full week of cross country racing this week, and we are so looking forward to seeing what these athletes uh, can do and just get after it this week. And we'll debate about it more next Wednesday on our latest episode. For Alex McIntyre, for Kyle Paulson, this is Keenan Gray saying thank you for tuning in to The Rundown here on the Runner Wild website. For all things high school cross-country track field here in the state of Washington, visit my website or our website, I should say, www.therunnerwild.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great racing week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. See ya.